and we are recording. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I know, I know this is way different than what we've been doing for almost two years now for the show, but we kind of have to do it because my internet speed is just not cutting it right now. Uh, At least it's not being reliable, I should say. So we are recording this episode. You guys are seeing this as a premiere on YouTube or Twitch. So we hope you guys enjoy this, uh, this a little bit different. The show is still going to be the same. We're still going to talk about the same thing. It's going to be all the same stuff, all the same bullshit that you guys are used to. Um, but enough rambling about why the show is different. I'm your host, Danny K. With me, as always, my wonderful, beautiful co-host now sporting a sumo tail, Mr. Green Elite. How you doing, Mr. Green Elite? I've been rocking the sumo tail for... Wait, what? Like three no, weeks it was, now? It was a sumo knot. Now it's a full-blown sumo tail. Well, yeah, I didn't. I didn't put it in the knot today. There's, there's like an so. inch requirement for knot to tail. <laughs> I'm doing, I'm doing really good though. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing pretty well. I cannot complain. At least not yet. Uh, this week, this is just the boys. So we have Revsven with us as well. Well, we always have Revsven with us. Um, but Revsven, how you doing? Me. Oh, oh, that's funny. You should ask. I'm doing horribly. How, no, I'm kidding. Uh, I, I'm doing. I'm doing okay. All things considered, I may have suffered a mild heat stroke. I don't know. Um, I've been feeling pretty, pretty down and out of it for the last uh, couple of hours or so. But uh, I'm doing good enough to be here with my friends. Aww. Melt my heart over here. Uh, so, of course, if you guys are new to the show, we welcome you guys. We appreciate you for joining us, for clicking that button. If this is your first time joining us, consider doing some of the following if you like what we do. You guys can follow us on Twitch, and you guys can also subscribe to the YouTube channel that this is on. You can also hit that like button and ring that bell. Um, you can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. And once again, we appreciate you guys for clicking on that button. Uh, you guys just want to get into it? Just start talking about the games we've, we've been playing and such? Let's, get right Let's just get it. right into it. Let's just jump Let's just right into right. it. Just dive in ass first. Let's go. I got the first <laughs> cuss word this time. I, w- I, would, I was going to get the first cuss word. I didn't get the first F-bomb, but I got the first cuss word. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get the first F, F-bomb. So... We have, uh, one second as I adjust everything here. Um, so I'm going to start with Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. So back on May 15th, Netflix released Avatar The Last Airbender. And I immediately wanted to start going back to all my old comforts as a kid, <laughs> like Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, and so I started watching Yu-Gi-Oh! And then I wanted to play it. So I reinstalled Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links. I'd played it before. This time I put it on my phone. I was playing it on PC uh, first. Um, I can tell you the experiences are almost exactly the same. There's basically no difference between the two the two apps. Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links is available on iOS, Android, and Windows. And I accessed, my, I accessed it through Steam back when I installed it for the first time. Uh, so for... Green Rev, have either of you, have either of you played Yu-Gi-Oh? Um, I did. I, I used to actually play the physical card game back, mm-hmm. like in the early days of it. Um, and I played one of the old games for the. I think it was either the PlayStation or PlayStation Two, but I can't remember which one. 
All I remember is you were able to take your, because all the Yu-Gi-Oh cards have like a specific code at the bottom of them. You were able to put that in and actually transfer your real life deck into the game. And that was, that was pretty cool. I actually really enjoyed that. Yeah. I never actually ended up doing that. Uh, Green, how about you? What was your experience with Yu-Gi-Oh? I uh, used to play the, the physical cards um, and we'd have them at recess and then we had this little dickhole that always cheated. Always. He always had the same like five trap cards that would just completely dominate. And he always like did a shuffle to where they were like pretty much first hand. So you? like after that, no, no, no. His name was Wesley. 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 So I'm, I'm calling you out, Wesley. Piece <laughs> of shit. <laughs> Yeah, so he he'd uh, he'd always have it on the top, like his first his first or second go around. He'd have those cards, and it was pretty much done. Yeah. So, and he was also the same kid that would go, "You can't have this card. You can't have Pot of Greed. You can't have Exonia." Like, like the the classic bitch classic <laughs> to be bitch. fair there were certain cards you like the the rules if i remember correctly where you could have four of any card unless the rules specifically uh, stated otherwise three of any card okay <laughs> <laughs> anyways you see and that green probably went in there with four and he was like i can have these and he was like actually uh no, i mean pot of greed was banned a couple different times so I feel like we yeah. should explain Yu-Gi-Oh! For anyone who hasn't actually played Yu-Gi-Oh! If they're not within Those our demographic. Those that aren't the biggest dorks like we are. Yeah. Or who weren't like, well, me and Green, uh, we were the perfect demographic. That show came out and that card game came out right at a time when me and Green were like eight or nine. Um. So for those who Im- haven't... Impressionable. Yeah, impressionable. It's a, It's a lot like how... I mean, the earlier show that we mentioned, Avatar The Last Airbender, we were the perfect, you know, that came out in, what, 2007? We were the right demographic for that show. We were the target demo. Um, So for people who have never played, Yu-Gi-Oh! is similar to Magic the Gathering. It is, in fact, the idea of dual monsters started as a um, Magic the Gathering analog in the manga. The, The manga didn't actually have anything to do with card games explicitly for its first couple issues. Um, it was actually kind of fucked up. It was about uh, Yugi like actually murking people. <laughs> it was pretty fucking dark. So, yeah, very similar to Magic the Gathering as a trading card game. There are the physical cards. I played a lot of the physical cards, and I uh, I'm going to just real quick. I'm going to apologize to my mom and dad for the amount of money that they spent on Yu-Gi-Oh cards, but I did get a lot of joy out of them. Love you guys. <laughs> I got an absolute. I got an absolute mint off my Yu-Gi-Oh! and Pokemon cards, though. Did you? When I sold them at, at 15. Yeah, I sold all of them at 15 for 120 bucks. Ooh. Now, when Pokemon Go came out, I could have gotten a lot more uh, Pokemon cards. Yeah. Like, a fucking a ton. Yeah. I'm gonna an make absolute the one. shitload. I'm going to make the one absolute controversial statement, and then I'll step aside. Um, the physical Yu-Gi-Oh! card game better than the pokemon trading card game hands down oh yeah don't at me 100 percent. i agree 100 percent. so like the gameplay yeah just the game itself yeah yeah, yeah. it was it yeah, was much more fun to play yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh than it was to play pokemon oh, yeah. cards you know it's... Mm-hmm. yeah i was i only collected pokemon cards i didn't really play like pokemon itself uh which interestingly enough i actually had a game boy 
uh, game that was Pokemon card game. Hmm. So, like, you do the same exact thing as Pokemon, like the original game where you, you travel, but you're playing cards. Oh, like card yeah. Game. Yeah, It'll yeah. be a battle, yeah. That so, was wild. Yeah, so breaking down, um, for, for people who don't know, breaking down Yu-Gi-Oh's uh, gameplay, um, you have three different kinds of cards. You have uh, monsters... Uh, which have some of them have special summoning require, uh, conditions um, and they can have effects that act a lot like traps and spells. Um, they're also traps and spells. I should have also specified that. But first, traps generally are used as a debuff uh, or prevent your opponent from taking an action, while spells are used to buff and improve your own odds of winning, kind of generally. Otherwise, they're pretty much indistinguishable, in my opinion. Um, so... Yeah, the goal of the game is basically to bring your opponent's life points, which you both start with 4,000 down to zero. Um, as far as I can tell, Duel Links are... It's a fairly up-to-date with the current mechanics of the card game because the, the card game is 20 years old. Um, and I know there's a couple things like Synchro Monsters and Pendulum Monsters, two mechanics that I just don't really understand yet because I haven't had to build a deck around it. Um... But there are there are some pretty significant uh, differences between Duel Links and the regular analog card game. Most notably is the amount of spaces you have. You really only have um, in the regular analog card game. You have ten spaces, five for monsters, five for, for spells and traps. In Duel Links, you only have six, uh, three for monsters, three for spells and traps. Uh, this makes the games really quick. It also makes it fit really nicely on a phone screen, which is which is awesome. Um, games, like I said, are really quick. They take like two minutes against an NPC, and they do have like an auto-duel function because NPCs are really fucking boring. Um, PvP can take kind of five to seven minutes, depending on how long your opponent takes to make their turns, and also how annoying their fucking decks are. Um, if they have a deck that like requires like a lot of drawing and discarding and uh, like taking things in and out of the graveyard, it can take fucking forever. You can feel like you're playing against someone who's doing solitaire, um, which is just awful. Um, so that's the gameplay of the game. Some of the stuff, because this is free to play, some of the stuff to uh, notice right away. Um, there are two currency types. There are gold coins and gems. Uh, gold coins can be used to buy individual cards from an NPC called the uh, card trader. Uh, and then gems are used to buy like stru structure packs and decks in the uh, store. Uh, and then you can also pay outright for packs and decks with, um, with cash. Um, I will say one of the things that I noticed, uh, the, the twice that I've, that I've kind of delved into this game is it's actually really generous with, uh, gems. Um, it gives you a lot of things or a lot of gems for, um, it gives you a lot of gems, like kind of like right out the gate. And then it gives you a lot of opportunities to earn gems. And I mean, right away, I mean, after like a couple days, I had like three, 3000 gems and some of the structure decks are like 500 gems. 
or you can buy 10 packs from uh, a series for only uh, for only like 500 gems so it's really I mean pretty cheap and fairly generous I had no problem building a deck that I liked um, and I mean they give you cards like there's like so many challenges and stuff and um, there's even character progression that I'll get to in a second but you know it gives you a lot of cards and it gives you lots of opportunities to get cards um, so it's fairly generous for a free-to-play game I don't know how other you know, I think uh, what's what's another uh, trading card game? Uh, Hearthstone. Uh, what is it like? Rune Terra. Artifact. I think there's a couple of them. I don't know how generous those games are with with their cards and packs. I've heard things about Hearthstone being pretty difficult to get. Um, to get through with in terms of getting cards yeah. and setting up decks but i've yeah, never actually played my, Hearthstone. yeah one of my one of my friends uh he used to be in a on an actual team a hearthstone team in college mm -hmm. and he said that it's a very very pay to win yeah um so. yeah there's like never been a point like playing pvp that i've ever felt like i'm at a, a major disadvantage because of my deck um, I will say because it is a card game, I mean, there's a meta that's unavoidable. There are just certain cards and certain strategies that are undeniably better. That's just the way it is. You can't get around that in a card game. Um, it, so that was one of those things. It And I think they also do a, a pretty good job of combing out um, cards that would be overpowered and limiting them, uh, which is which is nice um like i mentioned there is progression so you can you actually select characters from the series to be your avatar essentially and then you level those characters up for rewards like gold coins gems uh each character can have a different deck slot they can have multiple deck slots so you can have different decks built for very specific things um so as you level it up, you get as you level up a character, you get more options um, on, on how many decks you want to use for that character. Um, yeah, so I uh, was playing mostly as Joey um, with this shitty uh, Boston, Boston accent or New York accent. What, what's that look for? Joey. Hey, he had a he had a good. Uh, I usually play warrior decks, anyways. Oh, he did have yeah. He always did have a good warrior deck. Yeah. Back so in, back in the day. Yeah, he had a good ratatata too. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's not even. A, hold on, real quick, you Mister. There's only one fifty one Pokemon, and now he's gonna bring up a Gen two reference. What the uh, fuck, youngster is this? Joey? Yeah, youngster was, Joey's. Was, he, he was I'm, the first I'm youngster. 99. He was the first youngster that you fought in Pokemon Gold. Crystal. I don't Silver. think so. I think he was in Gen One. They didn't. They didn't name NPCs in Gen One. Yeah, he he was his first named appearances in Gen Two. Fact check. <laughs> Get Rex, son. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> um. <laughs> so yeah, I was playing a warrior deck mostly. 
um, with like a couple ace cards being Buster Blader. Uh, so very hard dragon counter deck was what I was running. Um, I've tweaked it a couple different times to try to mostly get uh, easy summons off, uh, like with Marbiting Captain and stuff like that. That was my strategy is just fucking army, uh, getting as many monsters on the field as I could with as many power-ups available. You know, Swordsman of Landstar right there for that 400 attack bonus for every warrior on the, you know, on the battlefield. It was pretty fucking great. Um, so, yeah, that's overall like this has been actually a pretty fucking great time waster. <laughs> uh, definitely something I'd recommend like you play on the bus or the train or if you're on a break at work or um, how I usually play mobile games on the toilet uh, or on the couch. It's like the two places I ever play mobile games. Um, or so, while you're driving on long road trips. Yes, while I'm driving specifically. Yes, while I'm in the <laughs> driver's seat. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's uh, disclaimer. Make sure we're, we're, li- we're, we're not liable for you murdering yourself and other people in your car trying to play Diego Duel Links and driving at the same time. Um, yeah, overall, it's been it was a really enjoyable time to kind of go back to it and... Um, I'm kind of interested to get back into seeing like how synchro monsters and stuff like that work because I have no idea how they work. Uh, so yeah, any any thoughts? Have you guys tried out Yu-Gi-Oh! Duel Links at all? I haven't, but you kind of got me. Uh, you kind of got me intrigued. I mean, you said it's a free to play, anyways, and yeah. I mean, I, I'd be willing to try it. I've been looking for a new time killer for my phone, anyways. So yeah, yeah. Get it on the PC. Yeah, I, maybe. I haven't tried it yet. Yeah. Maybe we should run a little tournament between between ourselves here. Uh, you don't want to go down that road. Oh yeah, yeah. Your is that, ass. Is that a challenge? That ass. I, I think it's time to go to a different subject. Um, <laughs> Before we do, I have yeah. one final question. Yeah. Who was your primary, like your go-to in your deck when you played physical? Like like oh. everybody had that like one monster. Mine, I, I went I went the Dark Magician route myself. But yeah. And then I had the Magic Cylinders, which was mm-hmm. like the best trap card at the time. Yeah. But what about you? Uh, Green, if you want to answer that first, because I'm trying to think about about mine. My favorite monster? Yeah, like what was your go-to? Like like who was the I... one you kind of built your deck around? Like your, your one like powerful monster you had in your deck and in, in when you played the real thing uh well mind you this was over 15 years ago mm-hmm. so uh i had a lot of dark magicians um, and then I also conned my mom into because eBay was just coming out mm-hmm. and gaining popularity. I bought some uh, Chinese knockoff Exodia pieces. <laughs> yeah, that were didn't you were wet little. No, no, I didn't. I didn't actually use them. I I was like, look at these Exodia pieces mm-hmm. that I had. So, but mainly, mainly, uh. It was mainly the Dark Magician build, like just straight monster offensive. But yeah, um, I wasn't very good at. I wasn't very good at the game. Yeah, I think mine was. I had so many too. Um, I know if I started out right away with the Yugi structure deck with Dark Magician, but I think 
for the majority of my time, I actually had a water deck. Um, I had Yumi or whatever it is, and then I had a bunch of pretty decent uh, water monsters that didn't require a whole lot to summon that would hold their own and with a good equip card with my field spell uh, usually usually gave me pretty good uh, deals. I think I also had at one point a pretty decent like dark dimension deck. Um, yeah, I had a lot of weird like structures because I bought like a lot of like the little $5 booster packs. Um, so I had like a lot of hodgepodge cards. None of them, not a lot of them really fit together. So, um, I did a tune build. Well, I started to do a tune build. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Doing the, the Pegasus tune world build. Yeah. Which they yeah. have the, they have all the structure stuff in there. Um, it's pretty difficult in dual links, I think to get tune cards though. Um, oh, another thing I'll mention when it comes to like cards and stuff like that is they give like these tickets away um and like the tickets are basically are just like uh it's a coupon for a free like ultra rare or super rare or like they have or you know just rare or, or uncommon cards uh so it's um, like i said it's really generous really really generous like i i had like i didn't even realize it but like after two days of playing i had like 15 tickets of varying rarities it's i i was just surprised just really generous um so yeah that's Yu-Gi-Oh! duel links anything else no all right uh let's go on to uh gta in 2020 green i'll let you kind of take it away here in the 2020s uh so yeah uh everyone knows that the epic game store had a a moment of free grand theft auto 5 which included grand theft auto online um, so of course I picked that up. I haven't played it um, since like late, I don't know, early 2019 maybe on my PlayStation. It might have been late 2018. Uh, I actually ended up uh, selling my my copy of it to my stepdad because he he didn't have any games to play and I wasn't playing it at the time. So I hadn't touched it in forever. Um, so I picked it up. The, the The biggest thing I wanted to do when I picked it up was play online. Um, I was really hoping that I could port over my PlayStation Four, uh, you know, PlayStation stuff to it because I had a lot of shit like online. I I think I had upwards of like ten million dollars just sitting there, untouched, unsullied by the touch of man. Um, but Unfortunately, uh, that cross save thing actually ended. Um, honestly, I think it was late 2018, to be perfectly honest. Um, but the game is fun. I, like it is still as fun as when GTA Online first came out. Um, you know, people. I, I've noticed the biggest thing playing on PC is the community, like the the. <clears throat> Uh, players that are in the game or on that server usually don't tend to mess with you. Uh, whereas, like on PS4, if they saw you in the map, you you might as well just get ready to fight because, like, they do not care. They will fight you. They will they will try to kill you by whatever means necessary. And with PC, like uh, they were chatting in the thing, they were super nice. Uh, 
one of them asked me if I needed anything, and I'm like, no, I'm good. I've played it on PS4. I'm just here to you know, level up and have a good time. Um, uh, started out uh, doing some races, trying to get my level up so I could buy a, a place. I know that with the Epic, the free game, you actually got cash in game too. I think it was like a million starting out. So I, I picked up an apartment with the uh, 10 stall garage, I think. Um, and if you actually go on, on your phone or on, on the internet in, in game, um, a lot of the websites that you can get like cars and stuff from have free cars that you can, you can get as well. Like one of them was a supercar. I can't remember what it was called, but it was free. Like they were very, they were rockstar was really welcoming new pe people in. Um, and for, you know, the game being seven years old, I mean, the, it's still got a lot of life in it. I mean, all the DLCs were free online as well. So, like, you could start up a biker gang. Um, the biggest thing I'm interested in is setting up a, a role-playing server, um, which I'm working on right now. Uh, the I would say it's a game that... It, since it is free, it's definitely worth it. Um, but to play it all the time would definitely require having some friends that also have it. Um, which I, if you're in the PC area, I mean, I, I sure hope that your friends picked up that game for free. Um, and if, if you didn't tell your friends that it was free, shame on you. Well, you know, if if they if their friends didn't pick up the game for free, it's probably because they weren't told by a podcast like this one you don't want your friends to lose out on those kind of deals again you owe it to them to tell them about this show yeah saved you a ton it of time if you just tell them about the show and then we handle the rest and we you tell don't have them to every inform tuesday. about everything yeah we tell you every tuesday so sorry yeah, it, it's uh, <laughs> sorry it, but yeah it's a, it's a fun game i mean nothing's really technically changed it's still grand theft auto online grand theft auto 5 um you know you can still play the campaign you know everyone had fun with the campaign i think it i think it was one of the best grand theft auto campaigns uh in the whole series i think the only thing that really compares to it is a nostalgia trip with vice city um you know with the aspect of you know playing three different characters and uh you know grand theft auto 4 was grand theft auto 4 was okay in terms of graphics but the story wasn't very great whereas grand theft auto 5 had really good graphics and a fantastic story yeah so, i've i've been playing the story little bits by little bit it's probably like an hour or two hours here or there um it's been really enjoyable in terms of the of the story mode i know this is like the first gta i've ever actually played uh, because I had parents who didn't want me to have GTA. So, <laughs> um, yeah, this is my first time actually playing a GTA game, which has been a fun experience. You know how I got my first uh, GTA game? How's that? Uh, I told my grandma it was a uh, racing game. Grand Theft Auto. There you go. You win. Auto. 
<laughs> that, never mind the fact that the title of the game is a legitimate crime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was Vice City too. <laughs> Even yeah. better. So, yeah. actually, and then my mom saw me playing it. She's like, eh, whatever. And then when I, uh, when San Andreas came out, I kind of had like con my dad into getting it because my mom's like, no, that looks a little bit better uh, detail wise than the last one. So she's like, eh. and I'm like, dad, dick hole. <laughs> hearing danny talk about that it kind of made me think you know back on because because fun fact the only gta i've ever played was vice city i still haven't played five i never played san andreas or anything like that and i got to thinking i never owned vice city i always played that at a friend's house so having gta 5 now is the first gta i've ever had and i still haven't played it yet if you can ever if you ever get the chance uh i very much recommend picking up san andreas um, that was probably uh, in terms of like playability in the campaign and the story. I think that was hands down the best uh, story wise. So the only reason I, I think Vice City is better for me is because that was the first game I played. Uh, and I really enjoyed it. It has a lot of heavy nostalgia I play with my cousins all the time um seeing who could beat it faster over and over again weekend after weekend so yeah san andreas if you if you have a chance if it's on the steam like the summer sale if it for some reason is on the summer sale for super cheap a couple bucks pick it up it's, it's a good game yeah see my extent of uh my extent of my knowledge on on san andreas aside from the hot coffee mod um, which was, which at the time was an actual massively controversial topic, um, was the, oh shit, here we go copy. again memes. Get you I had that copy too. I never yes. knew about that copy or that, that issue until like after the fact, like <laughs> years down the line, but I have the hot, you know, the hot coffee stuff. So, yeah, well, since we're on the topic of GTA, I should mention, I do know, uh, Mike Hunt, the real Mike Hunt. <laughs> you only yeah. got paid three hundred dollars to do that voice. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> um, it's definitely a, a man of character. <laughs> he he is a character. Um, yeah. So, uh, I've been enjoying GTA uh, Five online. I, I was. Great fucking steal, honestly. That's what it was. It was a fucking steal. I'm looking forward to doing roleplay with you, though. The 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 biggest issue I had with it, and this is just, like, personal, like, it's not horrible, is, like, I picked it up on Epic Games, and I never had the Rockstar launcher installed, mm. and it made me download the Rockstar launcher, which I, I get it. It's a Rockstar game, but, like, I have too many launchers. Yeah. Like, I don't like having 20 launchers on my PC. Like, yeah. It just drives me insane. Well, and what sucks is that it not only... I mean, it, it also just opens up the Rockstar launcher when you try to... Like, that's just the thing. It's like, okay, cool. I wanted to play this one game. Now I have four programs open. Like, thanks. Um, it's a pain in the ass. Boo, Wendy. Boo, Wendy. Um, Boo, Wendy. Test the burger. 
anything else on uh, GTA in 2020? If you missed the sale, and shame on you if you did, if you if you watched the show and still missed the sale, um, keep an eye out for another sale, because I'm sure it'll go on sale again. Yeah. Um, in the future, and even if you had to pay like, you know. 10 15 dollars i mean it's still a good game it's a fantastic game it's got hours of content it's seven years old and it still has a huge uh community playing it yeah a huge community is streaming it It, it's it's still a big game and and it's a game that has limitless possibilities right you can do role play with your friends you can create all sorts of rules uh in your own little world with your buddies to make things even more interesting it's like Sims, like multiplayer Sims, but you get to shoot each other. Yeah. Um, I'm, uh, I, I want to get Disco Dick in on a role-playing server. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, I'll get it Let's set up. It. Um, so we should probably move on to our next topic here, which is not usually in our wheelhouse, but it's at least worth mentioning and talking about real quick because we have uh, multiple streamer friends who um, – didn't realize this was a thing. So uh, the DMCA and Twitch. And I'm going to be 100% honest here. I'm just going to dunk on Twitch here. 100% going to dunk on Twitch. Um, because really this situation just shows how inept, inept they are as a company. right? So for those who don't know, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act is not a new act. It is over 20 years old. It is an act that is used often by large companies like and organizations organizations like the RA I'm sorry yeah like the RAII or I RIA anyways the big fucking music companies like BMI and UMG and stuff to protect their intellectual Universal properties studio yes universal studio is horrible at it too yeah they will hunt you down yeah disney another big one that uses the DMCA oh yeah so it's not a new act. It is enshrined in law. And companies do have a right to protect their, their, their intellectual property. Twitch was admittedly already muting VODs of copyrighted music. But other than that, they were actually really, in my opinion, they're doing so little to enforce laws on their platform that that's one of the laughable parts about this. And then when they get called out on it by these large record companies, they provide no warning to content creators and just start issuing copyright strikes and, and threatening the livelihoods of creators. So to, to put this, at least my, my thing out there, not only can Twitch not effectively monitor and fairly and evenly apply its own policies on its website, it cannot even do the same for laws and then they fuck over creators because they weren't clear where they were not communicating with uh, creators on this matter. Worse yet, there are creators out there who are playing games like Guitar Hero, Just Dance, and games with other licensed music in it as a core part of the gameplay. And they're doing nothing to protect those creators. The only game that was covered was Twitch Sings. So that's like a big part of like why I'm fucking angry because there's creators out there who do karaoke games and guitar hero and just dance is a port uh, is a core part of their content. And now they're getting fucked over for it. Um, 
And I'm going to say, you know, I, I am 100% guilty of playing copyrighted music as background noise on my stream. I am 100% guilty of that. So, and there's not really a defense for it. I, I knew it was wrong when I started streaming. <laughs> I just didn't care. <laughs> but there's a reason if you use it on YouTube, they send you an email. You yeah. Know, letting you know that, hey, due to a copyright strike by this label, due to the DMCA, uh, DMCA that you're, you know, you've been demonetized or, yeah. you know, any or, revenue well, the revenue the record label. Yeah. But, you know, that's one of those things. Um, but but Twitch didn't communicate that to anybody. Twitch just started giving bans out and giving copyright strikes and, you know, no communication. See, as far as I've read, they haven't, they haven't banned anybody. And they, they did issue a statement yesterday that they had a, like a mass DMCA complaint, uh, yeah. just like, like a mass rollout of them. So what probably happened was uh, UMG because that they were, it seemed like, like I, I was reading somebody had, was compiling a list of all the songs that were mm -hmm. being hit on. And uh, the majority of them were owned by UMG. Doesn't and, surprise uh, me. No, no. And what I'm assuming happened, because if you remember a few months ago, there were streamers on Twitter that were sharing their clips that had copyrighted music and they were getting they were getting suspensions on Twitter yeah. for using these clips. What I'm thinking happened is somebody got bored during quarantine at, over at UMG through that same kind of scrub bot that they use on Twitter and whatnot over to Twitch because it caught their attention because of the the recent issues just a couple months back. And uh, and I think that that's what ended up happening in the system, you know, just it, like, unfortunately, it is kind of their responsibility to issue those. It's just like with it, it was one of those they were not very proactive with it. It was a we're not going to treat it like a problem until it's a problem kind of thing. Uh, and that that definitely needs to be addressed at the same time um, on on the issue of, you know, using copyrighted music for alerts or background noise and stuff like that. That kind of falls back a little bit more on the creator, in my opinion, you know, because there's I mean, you kind of need to know the laws of, of these things, you know, and I, it might, but again, the law is outdated AF, like it's a super outdated law. Um, and there are ways to, to reconcile this. And it, I think it became a very reactionary thing. It, it became pretty, pretty big. You know, it was like this week's thing that streamers have to worry about or whatever. Um, and I think after it's all said and done within the next couple of months, I, I mean, I'm looking at possibly seeing something that maybe Twitch, you know, purchases a uh, a license because here's the thing. On Twitch, if your mu if their music's being broadcast out, Twitch can get a license for their platform to be able to have that music on it, right? Of yes, some kind? like technically, yes, I believe so. That is such a. Let me just say, for my market, right? Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, if this is your first time, I work in radio, and I was actually just talking to the uh, to my operations manager. Uh, today about this variation I asked him you know for our cluster how much does it cost to pay for the the big licenses that you need to operate because uh, when I was a general manager of my college radio station I knew it was like we had a max budget of 10 grand every year and our license for that station which had a five mile radius was eight grand for our four stations which we have um one of our stations is on one of the is on one of the five tallest uh, towers in the fucking country. Um, it was I mean, it was it's a hundred grand for our four stations. Mm -hmm. um, 
So for Twitch, however many large, super huge licenses that they're going to need Umbrella. And, and also something to remember is that UMG has their own license. BMI has their own license. There's the ASCAP and the CCAP. I mean, there's so many. If you want to cover all the music that could potentially be, be played, you're looking at you're looking at millions and millions of dollars. Uh, I so I don't see that as a viable option for Twitch because why does Twitch care um, if if content creators can use copyrighted music on the platform? Right. It, well, I mean, and there are a lot of copyright free options out there. Like you, you know, you use a lot of uh, you personally, you use a lot of uh, artist owned music. Yeah. And then I've been using um, you know Paris Heller Stream Beats, and then Pretzel Rock is another really good one. Uh, Monster Cat, you can purchase like the license to certain record labels music or I, I don't know the exact in and outs of monster cat but it's another option yeah um i do I, like i feel like um i saw somebody put it on twitter earlier and this is kind of like how i'm i'm feeling about it it was like um is this anything new no has this happened before yes could twitch have communicated it better absolutely will it be the last time we hear from this issue no um so it's kind of like get to know the law cover you cya you know cover your ass yeah. more than anything and then you know from there kind of see what you can do um but now a lot of people are using this as an opportunity to market their own music you know yeah. hey you can use my music and it's dmca for i saw bungie said you know one of the guys from bungie today said you can use our music for mm -hmm. any of your content just make sure you put your own your own voice to it that's it yeah that's all we have and i'm like I think that this could end up being a good thing, and and the the way they were issued, I don't I don't see the the copyright strikes holding up like as a as a three strikes and you're out thing with Twitch because they actually addressed it like hey we're trying to figure out how to fix this, mm -hmm. um, like as smaller content creators like I I was nervous you know because if we they you get those two copyright strikes you know there's those are strikes you can get a third strike for any other random TOS violation and you're gone. They mm -hmm. won't do that to somebody who makes them millions of dollars a year yeah. or something. But, but at the same time, you know, you gotta, they'll, they'll throw us under the bus quick. Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's, I mean, that's part of the thing for me, like just talking about how Twitch has just been inept. I mean, I, I, I don't make my, I don't make my feelings unknown about how I feel Twitch conducts themselves with, with especially small affiliates. Um, mm -hmm. The, the shifting sands in which they constantly have, I mean, uh, creators under. Um, you just, and this is just one another example of those shifting sands. Uh, again, I think a lot of the copyright music issue, people should have been aware of. I think if, I think you have to have a basic understanding of media law if you want to be in media. Uh, mm -hmm. It's in DMCA, is, I mean, it's 101. It really yeah. is. Well, and see what, what this right here, what this whole situation is of people freaking out about this all of a sudden is the perfect, the perfect example of people agreeing to terms of service without reading them. Yeah, exactly. Because it's in there. It's it's in there. I mean, they, they kind of they kind of narrowly defined the the guidelines themselves over the last few days, especially considering what what, what happened. But it does say, you know, you can't play music that's not licensed to you. I, and I was my first question was, how is this going to affect people who primarily stream these games because if mm -hmm. this is going to be an issue who pe for people who primarily stream those games they need to pull them from the directory that's the thing if, if you if you're going to get copyright strikes because that was i saw on that list uh, a good 85 percent of the copyright strikes that were hit were on songs that are on just dance yeah 
And if that's going to be a problem, you need to pull it from the directory and say, hey, listen, sorry, we've got to cover ourselves because we could be liable for a lawsuit if we allow repeat offenders Mm -hmm. to keep doing it and keep doing it. And and that's true. They could be. Yeah. But I mean, you're kind of setting yourself up for failure if you put it in the directory, say, oh, yeah, yeah, you can watch people play this game. You can play Mm -hmm. this game. So it's a double edged sword. Like people should know. But at the same time, there's a lot of muddy waters on on the Twitch side of this. Yeah. Yeah, well, especially because, like, I've been playing Fallout uh, New Vegas. I now can't use the radio in Fallout New New Vegas. We can't use radio in GTA now. Um, right? That So that was one of those things that was never made clear by Twitch either. Um, right, like how video game soundtracks affect... Because I was mm-hmm. playing Brutal Legend, and that's all copyrighted music. The soundtrack in that game is nothing but copyrighted music. Yeah. And so it, it does. It creates a little bit of a muddy water. And... and the easiest way I was I was trying to explain it to somebody, even though the rule is outdated, try to compare it to whenever because people the, the big thing is people are and, and we this is something I actually do feel needs to be addressed is that people are saying, well, I pay for a Spotify subscription. I pay for Apple Music. You pay for a personal license yeah. that doesn't give you freedom to air it out, because imagine if a radio station host just played their Spotify playlist on the air. That's not how it works. Well, <laughs> so going back to college radio days, that was how we actually were operating. And I tried to put a kibosh to that really fucking hard when I became the GM, because mm-hmm. um, there was multiple things that was wrong with my student radio station when I was the GM. And part of it was that and I'm like, first off. It, Spotify licenses are only for individuals. It's not for rebroadcast. Secondly, okay. we can't be held. We, we Another part of it is we can't monitor 100% of the time what is being done on air or know that it's 100% reliable because radio stations have to be using public airwaves. You have to be accountable for every second of air. Every single second, 24 hours a day, 20, you know, seven days a week, 365 days a year, you have to know exactly when out over the, what went out over the airwaves. And that wasn't like accountable and that's not accountable. Sorry, I'm getting, getting into my radio discussion here, but well, we, radio we, stations, we, we need, student radio stations do try to use Spotify and it's not right. Yeah, it's still, I mean, it could get them shut down. And it's like the same, it, that like these things need to be put out there though for people to for people to hear because another thing is i see a lot of people using the what happened to the fair use act fair use the fair use act is a defense in court when you're being sued yeah it's not so you can keep your clips on twitch it's yeah. a completely different world so stop using the fair use act as an excuse and also uh your spotify subscription or your apple pod, your apple mm-hmm. podcast. if you're on apple podcast you know here um or if you're you know you get an apple subscription those do not qualify as being able to distribute them over the internet yeah um so if i can real quick because a lot of people i also want to say this because a lot of people are might get in trouble for this too let's say that you're going out and reaching to artists to play music always 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 100 percent ask do you own the rights to your music you'd be surprised if they're on a record label they probably don't own the rights to their music um so in, in double check writing yes would not i mean yeah get it in writing tangible <laughs> evidence tangible like a, like evidence a, I mean, yeah. it could be an it could be a message from them but it's yeah. something tangible yeah. for you and always consult a lawyer 
do not take legal advice from somebody on the fucking internet. Number one, I actually don't think you're, I don't think if you're not a lawyer, you're not even technically supposed to give legal advice. So for liability purposes, the only legal advice I'm giving you is talk to a lawyer. Number two, getting legal information from somebody on the internet who may or may not be a lawyer does not mean they're your consultant, your legal counsel, and they will not represent you in court. So if if you have any questions, content creators, uh, legally speak about, about any laws, consult a lawyer who is willing to represent you in court. <laughs> Number one thing I can suggest to you people, especially when it comes to copyright and fair use. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's, that's about it. Uh, and I can't, I might, I might do this later where I'll show people how to approach bands and artists about getting music because I, I have to, and I, I will actually share my two playlists that I use right now. I'm, I'm working on building more. Actually, I just got an email back. I'm going to uh, shout out to these guys, uh, from a hardcore band called low end from Milwaukee. I saw their set on LBD fucking sick. Man, like it, it's one of those it's one of those sets that made me fucking want to like throw elbows in my fucking chair. Um, but I will I will I will show at a later point uh, how to contact bands, the questions to ask, and how to ha how to handle that. Um, I'd use the Spotify playlists, but I'm covered from from that because I know we just said well you can't use Spotify. I'm covered because the redistribution is is allowed by artists who own their music through broadcast right they're saying yes you are okay to use this as background noise in your stream we appreciate you for doing that right you can you can get mp3s from them but again the question always has to be do you own the rights to your music if yes you're okay to do it but be sure they actually do own the rights to their music like make sure they're not like signed somewhere because there are because some artists depending on who you talk to you might get the dumbest fuck in the goddamn band <laughs> who's like oh yeah no it's like our music we wrote it we can use it no matter how we want no you no you can't <laughs> like legally you are wrong sir <laughs> you are wrong you're gonna get people in trouble doing that that's i feel like we've rambled quite a bit on this and i apologize <laughs> I, I have one final just little disclaimer yeah Feel free to use copyright-free music players. They're out there, and commission people for custom alerts and music. You're helping out, yeah. of, you know, fellow small creators I or actually, somebody who may be under the radar. Yeah, I actually uh, just talked to uh, a coworker slash acquaintance of mine. He's in a metal band around here. Uh, so shout out to Alex over at uh, Guilty of Treason and his bandmates. I'm having him commission me a, a, a new hype uh, soundtrack. Instead of using uh, knocked loose's counting worms, um, uh, call from I the got void. Dre's force. Call from the void. Call from the void is a fucking banger. Yeah, I have a couple of their songs on the hardcore and metal playlist. It's pretty fucking great. Uh, like the vessel is pretty good. Um, I mean, my last point about this: this is just the start for Twitch. When it comes to these kinds of issues, 
Um, I've been saying this for a while. Twitch is going to become the next YouTube. We're kind of at that point where if we look at the parallel histories between them, this is the point in which YouTube started having a lot of issues in terms of advertising and copyright problems and uh, content monitoring and stuff like that. Twitch is at that point in its history. And we're going to see a lot of issues. We're going to see ads pull out, advertisers pull out because they don't want their content associated with certain creators and certain types of content, just like YouTube did. Um, the, it, it's inevitable. I hope Twitch can look at what happened to YouTube and say, let's avoid this for our creators sake, because YouTube didn't, YouTube didn't want to protect their creators. YouTube just wanted to protect their ad revenue and let massive media companies grift off of YouTube. So hopefully Twitch can avoid that. And they look and they look at the, in the past and see what happened to YouTube. I have Twitch doubts necessarily had it. Yeah. They haven't had a good track record of handling situations. No. What like the ninja situation was a pretty rough one. Yeah. Yeah. They I learned, don't. they learned from it. Yeah. Be but. proactive. Don't do something stupid and have to learn from it when you're a, you know, organization that big. Yeah. With a lot of people's livelihoods on the line too. I mean, that's, that's another big thing is uh, Twitch. You, you have a lot of people's lives in your hands. And so it, it really does behoove you to be proactive in those issues um all right uh so that's the that's our dmca talk on twitch i know we don't really talk about streamer stuff all that often but it was pertinent to talk about all right um let's talk uh destiny 2 yeah this is all you waiting. green he's been waiting this in the is, wings dude oh it's been it's been very hype I'm, I'm gonna start off by saying that i have not been very active with destiny 2 since the start of season 10 which was the last season um i think i played maybe six hours total in the last uh what, three months, I think. Um, simply for the fact that it was uh, what they call content drought. Um, the season had brought back a few things. It brought back Trials of, the, uh, of Osiris. Um, and that was supposed to be a big thing. Uh, but when they brought that back, they thought that that was going to be a huge pushing point for the season. And that's all that people were going to need to play and to keep their player base their and their loyal fans, you know, the, the, the loyal players. Well, it, especially on PC, um, it was really tough to play because they had a lot of issues that they, they had just moved to steam in October. Um, it, uh, cheating was very rampant, especially in trials, um, which is huge because as a highly competitive game mode, um, and for those who don't know what trials is, um, and never experienced it in vanilla D1 or uh, vanilla D2. Uh, it's a, this iteration is a 3v3 survival game mode. Um, if you get killed, you cannot revive um, unless a team member revives you. Um, and the first team to be eliminated or the time run out um, and have the most lives wins. 
Um, and you have to, uh, the, the goal is to win seven games in a row um, without losing a game. If you lose a game, it's fine. You get a card with nine slots. If you lose three times, that card's done. You have to restart. Um, but the main goal was getting seven games done in a row, which they call flawless, and that would um, give you special access to an area called the Lighthouse. Um, in Vanilla D2, it was uh, uh, the Spire, because it was called Trials of the Nine, not Trials of Osiris. In D1, it was Trials of Osiris. Um, so with all the rampant hacking, they changed the meta base, everything was a little wonky. It just, it wasn't a fun season. It was very dry. Um, they had this thing called Sephiroth Towers. Um, the actual story content was very lacking. Um, the Sephiroth Towers were like a public event that you had to do and you essentially just threw, were fighting ads and threw some balls at, at uh, a tower. That's it. Um, so there's a lot of complaints this, this season. I was one of them. Um, but today they released season 11, um, with it this earlier today, uh, 9 AM, uh, Pacific time. What the fuck is going on up there? <laughs> uh, 9 AM, uh, Pacific time. They released, uh, a Vidoc. They were doing it live on Bungie's Twitch and they, did a lot of shit. They unveiled a lot of things. Um, they actually put a roadmap all the way to 2022, which they've never done before. They uh, released a like a teaser trailer for um, the X Pack in fall. The the content that they're gonna release the expansion on September 22nd. They even put a date to it. Um, they did a very fantastic job with this whole live presentation. They did a, a moment of silence at the beginning of it. That was eight minutes and some odd seconds long. Um, really thoughtful, really put together. But the biggest thing is the content that they were willing to release, the information that they dropped. Um, they talked about how PlayStation 4, Xbox One, when the new consoles come out, um, they will have inter-generational uh, crossplay, so people on PS4 can play with PS5 players, as well as Xbox One and Xbox se the the Sex Box. I can't remember. Uh, I don't know what they're calling it now. The Sex Box. <laughs> I, I've, I'm I'm dead adamant on calling it the Sex Box. The Series X, yeah. You know what? Series, yeah, Series yeah. X. So, yeah. You can I'm with um but yeah uh and they 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 re they said they were outright honest they're like we're working on crossplay all together so people on playstation xbox and pc can play together um it's in the works they had a fantastic trailer for the new season which do expansion with their which they're calling uh uh something light, beyond light right? yeah. beyond light yeah um, then they uh they unveiled 2021's fall expansion which is the witch queen and then 2022 working title lightfall 
So um, they then were talking about everything that was coming with that. Um, a new uh, ability that Guardians will be able to use, uh, which has been speculated and asked for for years since Destiny 1, which is uh, darkness powers. They're introducing a new element called stasis. Um, so many different things in this. They're uh, uh, doing sunsetting weapons, so weapons that you got um, at the beginning of the year. I think it's like to season eight. I think they said that they're they're gonna cap the power. You can't increase those anymore. Try to just try to get the sandbox refreshed, uh, which I wasn't a huge fan of. Like I'm not a huge fan of that idea still. Uh, but as long as they're rolling out fantastic content to sub, you know subsidize that and actually bring in a lot of different favorable weapons, then you know it can't be mad about that. Um, then they ended the video with uh, the information about the season that dropped today, um, because this was the first that, that they talked about it, um, and they're like, "Well, it's actually live right now." Um, dropped at 10, 10 a.m. Pacific time. Uh, I can't. It was called Season of Arrival, or Season of Arrivals is what they're calling it. Um, it's actually doing a lot with, with story. I watched. Uh, I watched some streams earlier today after after the the whole Bungie stream. Um, they actually are introducing and bringing in the darkness more, um, which is like. The big bad that we know of um new public events new weapons the, the weapons look fantastic they introduced two different swords um, which swords have not gotten very much love in dusting too um one of them looks like a cloud sword um what's it what's it called clouds the buster the buster blade yeah. Sword? yeah the buster yeah. blade one of them looks like the buster blade it's it's a big old looks like a helicopter blade and then one's like a, like a hook, looking thing. It's it's really interesting. Uh, so new weapons are in, um, a new exotic grenade launcher, um, and then all those public events. So they're really. I think this has been a today has been a real turning point for Bungie and Destiny Two, um, especially with how poorly received last season was and these seasons past since Shadowkeep. Um, there's always been like some areas that were like the fan base is like you know I can't can't keep playing this game uh, everything's stale rigid I had to force myself to play it and then you know Bungie comes up with this huge fall expansion um, you know after a month or two people you know steadily prog uh, progressively leaving the game like oh look what we've done come back to us well with today i feel like they've really like hey look this is what we're gonna do for the next three years we're gonna be open and transparent about it um we're gonna try to actually open up and make this a better experience for everyone who plays it um because like i was in the same boat season i couldn't it just it felt more like her to play the game having fun um so with that being said 
when they introduce this, it, it feels like they're being more honest and open. Be attempting to you know, get their feet on the ground and push forward. Um, you know, that's that's what I really appreciate about appreciate about a dev. As long as they're transparent and they're like, "Hey, we hear you," and we're visibly trying to do better. I mean, that would be a, a solid dev in my in my opinion. Like, Is that what you appreciate about them devs? That's what I appreciate about them devs. Yes. All right, you can so. take it about ten percent off their squirrely Dan. Um. <laughs> So I'm sorry I interrupted there. Anything else? Oh no. Uh, another thing is they were talking about how they're gonna um, the games become massive, like in terms of file size, um, with how many plans they have and stuff like that. They're gonna be rotating things in and out of the game, um, things that aren't played played very much. They're gonna rotate out until what they're gonna vault it is what they were saying, like uh, and then actually start releasing stuff out of this vault from like D1 um, and D2, like a, like a greatest hits kind of thing where like one month or like an update comes and, you know, you can play uh, something from D1. Uh, I know they, they, and Rev just reminded me that Vault of Glass is coming uh, early 2021. So, um, that is huge, especially for the D1 players, um, because that is. They say that that is the raid that saved Destiny, because um, at the time there wasn't like people got to end game and they're like, oh, I don't know what to do now. And so they released Vault of Glass and it, it gave people um, something to strive towards um, for end game purposes and uh, created its own unique niche in in gaming um like the raid culture for destiny um so that was huge so they're bringing that back that's going to be in there um and i said they said not 2020 so i would say early 2021 because that's still year four I love I love gotcha. what the Vault of Glass did for for like you said the raid culture because now like these world's first runs, like the world's first raid completion runs. Oh my god, those they're huge and they're fun to watch. Like huge. I don't even I don't even play Destiny two and they're so fun to watch. All these all these raid groups going at trying to figure out how to beat this raid and be the first one there. It's just it's incredible. That's what I love about it is it's when when a raid drops they don't tell you how to do it. There's no guidelines, there's no waypoints. You just figure out how to beat it and you beat it and you're done. So uh it's it gets super com- competitive especially with uh I think it was uh yeah, uh Forsaken when they dropped uh the last wish raid. Um they introduced the um the what's it called? Um contest yeah it's the contest um so for the first 24 hours of the raindrop um power like light light level doesn't matter once you get to like so let's say the light level is 980 for that uh event if you're level 990 it's not gonna matter 
you're going to be capped at 980. You're not going to do any more extra damage just because you're 990. And that's it made it super hard. Um, when I went for when I was doing a uh, day one of uh, try on uh, Crown of Sorrow, we couldn't get past uh, the third encounter on PS4 because it's so damn difficult. Like we knew what to do is just we like something would happen and we would die because we are not just a little bit over uh, what is recommended. So. Cool. Anything else on Destiny 2? Sounds like it's going to be a, a, it's going to be a massive reinvigoration of the game. So I'm excited to see what what's that? Play with me. <laughs> Give it another shot, Danny. You know what? I'll, I'll take you up on that. Yeah. Especially once I get my new PC built. I'll take that up with you. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Um. So uh, if there's nothing else on that, we'll move on to our next uh, topic, our next story here. Which is this massive itch.io uh, fundraiser package. Holy shit. Just whole uh, fucking kudos to itch.io as a platform for pulling this off their goal yeah, is one million proud of them. yeah their goal for this so massive bundle from itch.io for those who don't know itch.io is an independent um game distributor where like indie devs can put up demos and sell tools and sell games for pretty cheap it's really fucking nice we've talked about itch.io on the on the uh, podcast before they raised over three million dollars for charity including organizations uh actually focused on organizations for racial justice some of the organizations that are included on that is the naacp legal defense fund and the educational fund as well as a community bail fund the bundle has a five dollar minimum donation and features over one thousand games currently um, some of the games that are included, there are some, uh, indie darlings like a night in the woods minute oxen free, a short hike. There are other there. I mean, there are some more obscure titles, some newer titles on there, like death and taxes, mortician's tale and the night fisherman, which I actually have the demo for. I downloaded and installed the demo, um, over the weekend. I was planning on doing some, uh, I was planning on doing something over it, but I kind of realized it was a, it's a very story based thing and I didn't want to ruin the story. So I'm just going to play it and I'll talk about it here on the show. Um, but I haven't touched it yet. So a lot of great stuff on there. Uh, Rev, did you see well, anything on there that like really piqued your interest for this bundle? I mean, there's so many, so many oh, games. Yeah, that was it. Like I was just so overwhelmed. I was like, I mean, I have to. Like, like I will say, like I've I've never done anything that, when it comes to since I got my PC, that where it comes to not getting Steam keys. So mm -hmm. it's like you, you do get download files for everything. You don't get Steam keys to integrate in, but uh, five dollars minimum. Yeah, five dollars minimum. Which I think for a cause like this, and I will say, like there are certain groups who I do not support, uh, because of in the past there are some pretty egregious transgressions um most notably it's just the splc and their defamation which was legally proven to be defamation against majid nawaz um like I, I won't give the splc any money but the naacp i'm fully behind the aclu i'm fully behind um fire the foundation for individual rights and education i'm fully behind those groups 
100%. I think this is a great cause. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah. And then, they, like you said, they, I mean, the, the raising of the money was just massive. And as, a, as an indie fan, seeing games like Oxen Free and Night in the Woods and stuff, I mean, these are, these are games I already have. I personally already have, but these are games that if you don't have, you should be excited to get them. Yeah. Like they're, they're good games. And then, you know, all like the obscure titles and stuff like that. I'm excited to see what comes out of it. I mean, I all of a sudden just got a massive backlog. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, huge, huge deal. Congratulations to HIO for putting that together and for having such a smashing fucking success. Holy shit. Fantastic for them. Uh, I know we talk about HIO every so often. It's definitely if you're in if you're looking for games to try out demos, um, there's a lot of horror games on there. Uh, the I mean, the game uh, <laughs> that we got uh, Green Elite to play locked up. That was that was an HIO game, right? That wasn't a Steam game. Or is that a Steam game? I think it's I downloaded the I downloaded the demo on Steam. OK, maybe it's on both. But there's been a couple different like horror games that I picked up off of there that um, that are fun and like interesting. And you can, you know, try the demos out and find them, you know, later on and keep up with with them. Yeah. Overall, I just great. It's a great feel good story. And you got I think till we, June 16th. You still got a week. Yeah. Still got a week. Go pick it up. Um, Which we need feel good stories right now. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that's such a good one, man. Like, like for for because all those games were donated to itch.io for this fundraiser for yeah. all of these indie devs to come together like this and say you know what let's do this you know bam yeah. it's just it's such a nice just a, a nice thing yeah yeah it's yeah fucking amazing um gg gg itch yeah uh itch <laughs> Um, anything else on on this on this particular topic? No, that that pretty much kind of got everything out there. Just freaking do it. Yeah. Um. Kind of our next story here is loot boxes. This is actually kind of breaking news for us. We usually don't get to these kind of things because they usually happen on a fucking Wednesday, but it happened on a Tuesday this time. Hell yeah. Uh, so the government in Britain is calling for new evidence that clarifies the question. Do loot box encourage, do loot boxes encourage gambling behaviors in children? Uh, my main source on this, uh, was Chris Moise, Moise, Moisa, M-O-Y-S-E. I apologize if I'm butchering your name. He's over at Destructoid. So be able to, uh, so be sure to go check out his article, um, I said he's my he's my main source on this. So basically, this is being brought on by the Department of Digital Culture, Media and Sport uh, over there in the UK. Uh, and a big part of this was actually <laughs> the global health crisis we are currently still experiencing. That is coronavirus. So here's a quote from Caroline Dinegage. Dinegage. I Dinage. <laughs> Dynage? I don't know how to pronounce. I am sorry. I am butchering names. Um, Anamanaj. <laughs> so this is a quote from the minister. Uh, 
related to this during the coronavirus pandemic we have seen more people than ever turn to video games and immersive technology to keep themselves entertained and stay in touch with friends and family these innovations can present challenges though as well as opportunities which is why we are taking the necessary steps to protect users and promote this safe enjoyment of the dynamic industry so that's their stated reason apparently too many people are like playing video games and spending all their money on fifa boxes um so looking to it which i'm i'm very interested to see if they're going to conduct studies on this uh i would rather see regulations based on studies if they're going to have regulations at all um yeah that's i mean that's really about it they're just wanting to understand i mean do do these boxes does this system encourage gambling behavior which i know we this is a debate we've had on the on the uh podcast before because um i know i know at least one of our guests and i think one of us one of you guys have made this statement before kind of comparing it to the studies about violence in video games um but was it <laughs> green looking <laughs> guilty was it you green maybe oh, maybe so I, I i sincerely hope that they do put out some study that they put the money out to do some uh studies um to to really do determine it i mean i think in my opinion i mean there's a fundamental difference between you know how fake gambling like this is has to like fake violence because i don't really think this is fake gambling i think this is i think this plays on the same psychological underpinnings that real gambling does the only difference is legally speaking is the payout system there's still the risk reward thing that's my my point there so yeah i but i you know if if there are scientific studies that aren't just 20 kids you know it needs to be an actual scientific study that you know we we went over uh you know 2000 children we gave them you know and uh, i think the best way to do it would be like you either have to use your mom you know we give 1000 kids their mom's credit card and we give 1000 kids their own money and then see how you know give them a month to play it and then we give them a month we you know swap or something like that to determine what their risk reward behavior is going to be um you know i, I would like to see that i would like actual solid science and evidence on this very issue uh before yeah, because we were... once you start once you start just like making regulations completely on speculation then it kind of opens the door for some pretty shady stuff yeah did you know we can cure you know homosexuality by shocking people in the fucking brain <laughs> i'm I'll, i'm gonna say real quick super happy to see all of these cities and states and um provinces even up in canada and stuff outlawing conversion therapy I'll, yeah i'm just saying I'll, I'll drop that one right now oh yeah no 100 percent, 100 percent. that's why i made the joke because <laughs> i think i think conversion therapy is a fucking travesty to the human condition um okay uh so that's the loot box story we'll see kind of what comes out of that we have one more story here that we should probably talk about um and that is you guys might have noticed we aren't talking about uh all these events that we mentioned two weeks ago 
Um, and that's because they were moved due to protest and probably due to other uh, external uh, reasons. So coming up this week, this Saturday, excuse me. Wow. Dinner's fighting back on me here. Um, so starting this week, the Gorilla Collective, PC Gaming Show, and Future Games Show have all been moved to Saturday the 13th. This, uh, we were supposed to have an EA Play Live this week, but that has been moved to June 18th. And the Summer Games Festival, some, or, I'm sorry, the Steam Games Festival Summer Edition has been moved to June 16th. Um, so... All the all these gaming announcements have been pushed back by about a week to accommodate for protests um, and such, which I think is, you know, a pretty decent move by most of these companies. They didn't want to take up the the Twitter timeline space um, and, and muddy waters. So, you know, fair enough. Good on them. Good on these companies for speaking out, too, man. Like like they said that they were saying enough is enough and they're speaking out like it, to push their stuff back and to speak out against it. It, of of course we got to see how things play out i would like to i would like to believe that these weren't just like empty promises but it's just it, it's really encouraging to see companies say you know what screw what it, whatever it's going to do to profits from people who uh don't care about human rights we're going to focus on this yeah so good on them yeah which you know i I'm a cynic. There are certain there are certain companies who I've seen their statements and I've seen their behavior, and I'm just like, mm, I'm looking at you, Blizzard. I'm looking at you. How how you feeling about protests right now, Blizzard? Hmm. You gonna... yeah, human rights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I wonder if a, I, it would be a shame if a Hearthstone player took their post interview time to say Black Lives Matter. I'd be inter- I'd be very interested to see how Blizzard responds to that. Hmm. It'd probably suspend him. Yeah. Take away his earned money. Yeah. <laughs> suspend them. Yeah. Um. So yeah, those are the new dates. I I won't be able to watch the ones this weekend live because I will be uh, on a, a short little vacation. And we'll be unplugging for at least a day, but I'll be coming back and we will. Um, and I actually, I think our guest next week will will be someone who's very plugged into this. So that'll be pretty fucking mint. Um, anything else to, to talk about on this particular topic? Cool. Well, let's uh, go on ahead and wrap the show up. We'll uh, go on ahead and plug ourselves here real quick. Green, what's coming up on your channel? I'm gonna be playing Destiny 2. Lots of lots of Destiny 2. I have, uh, <laughs> as I said, I haven't I haven't played all season, so I'm severely under leveled um, for this new season. I'm gonna start prepping for uh, the fall expansion. Still, of course, gonna be playing some Warzone, uh, Apex. I'm at, my schedule is extremely full as it is, but. I really want to squeeze in that role-playing server for Grand Theft Auto either this week or next week. Not sure. Um, but yeah, you can catch me on my Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Greenlee, or you can look on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. If you, uh, I usually shout out there, have conversations on there when I'm going live and stuff like that, or any news about me will usually go to my Twitter. So 
If you haven't followed there, then yeah. Sorry. Uh Revsven, what's coming up on your channel? Where can people find you? Well, uh I'm actually fixing to be taking a short, well, not even a short, I'm taking like a full-blown vacation going to Florida to see uh, to see some really close friends. And so with that being said, I'm leaving out Thursday morning. So a lot of my streams while I'm gone, because I will be streaming while I'm gone, are going to be centered around the road trip. Like where I'm, I'm going to do some just chatting stuff while we're on the road trip out. You know, my wife will read chat. I'm going to be safe, I promise. Um, um then on top of that saturday uh we're gonna have a bunch of friends together um you may know some of them uh viva pinata is one of them he was recently a guest um and if you're if you watch on the twitch channel you've seen us raid mr wingles he's gonna be one of them uh and then my little sister eliza will be uh will be playing cards against humanity like in person but we're gonna stream it and we're gonna let the audience be the actual judge so the audience gets to pick who who the winner is as opposed to randomly amongst us um and then whenever i get back the first game i'm going to stream is going to be um this this fun little game i need to remember the title it's uh the, the title is a little obscure it's, it's almost like in portuguese i believe and it uh but it's it's almost like an interactive musical platformer looks hilarious i'll get the name for it and uh and shout it out on my twitter which is uh at RevsFinTV, tv which is all of my social media platforms are the same um but my twitch channel is https colon forward slash forward slash www.twitch.tv forward slash RevsFin. boom very nice very nice um Coming up on my channel, uh, we're still playing Minecraft. We are actually working on a PvP arena. So hopefully once I'm done with that, we can do um, some some fun PvP stuff. Uh, you know, do some trouble in Terrorist Town and such. Um, other than that, uh, I don't know what else I'll be playing. And I don't actually know how much, how much I'll be streaming this week. It kind of depends on how my internet is. Um, I, I had a tech out or I, I have a tech out on Thursday. I actually had a pretty in-depth, like 45 minute conversation with tech support on the phone, doing all sorts of tests to make sure that it wasn't my equipment. And they told me 95% of my neighborhood is having the same issues. So it's, and they alerted their network maintenance folks. They're supposed to be working on it. I don't know if they fucking are. So I don't know. Um, if you guys want more content from me, do uh, make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel that this is on right now. Um, I'll for sure be getting stuff out on, on YouTube to try to, you know, fill in time from Twitch. Um, so, uh, yeah, I that's really all that I got except for, you know, follow me on Twitter at Danny K D A N I E C A E. Also on Instagram, D A N I E C A E. Uh, anything else that we need to plug, talk about real quick before I wrap up the show here? No, I think that, uh, I think that was uh, pretty concise. Awesome. Gucci. So of course, guys, we appreciate all of you who watch and listen to the show. Uh, I know we didn't have any music for the show because we weren't live. Um, but again, just a shout out to our dude, Lou Merck, who puts out awesome fucking music. Um, He's the guy, if you guys are listening on Spotify, he's the beat, He's the guy that put together the beat um, that you listen on uh, on the podcast app. So make sure you guys go check him out. Uh, check out the description of the episode. You can find that stuff. Um, if you guys want to help support the show, 
there's a few ways you guys can do it. You can uh, follow all of us on our social media platforms and Twitch channels. Um, you guys can you guys can subscribe to the show. You guys can hit the bell. That helps out a lot in hitting like button. Um, but the number one top tier way to really help the show is by telling your friends. Um, that again, I say this every week, but that means way more to us than any like or subscribe um, ever does. Um, of course, you guys can also leave us a rating or review on the podcast platform of your choice if you want to help support us that way as well. If you guys uh, want to find us more, take us out on the road, you guys can uh, find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts, and hopefully you guys can join us live on Twitch, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I will say next week, depending on the internet issue, um, we might be going live a little bit earlier to accommodate our guest who lives in the U.K., um, so we might be going, so just as a fair warning for folks, um, other than that, guys, we will talk to you again next week. Have a wonderful rest of your week and arrest the fucking cops who killed Brianna Taylor. Thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we do, give us a rating and review on your favorite platform. 